All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. How did he get the guns? Number one question on my mind after Shannon Gooden straight up murdered police officer, officer Matthew Ruge, officer Paul Elmstrand, paramedic, firefighter Adam Finseth, murdered these three, shot another officer, absolute monster. And the more we learn, the more monstrous it is. But when you hear you've got a guy who is banned from owning guns. You think like, well, how'd it happen? How'd he do it? And more importantly, what can we do to try to prevent that in the future? WCCO-TV and investigative reporter Jennifer Mayerly reporting uh, just within the last uh, couple hours that at least one of the guns... uh, this guy bought in January through a straw purchase. Straw purchases are when somebody who legally can buy a gun buys it and then they illegally sell it to somebody else. It is a real challenge to figure out how to stop it. It's a real challenge. Because if someone is willing to be a straw purchaser, you know you're, you're violating the law. And you know that you're likely selling the gun to someone who has bad intent. That's why I think the punishment for being a straw gun purchaser is way too light. It's way too light. If you commit a straw purchase, it's a gross misdemeanor. And it was what, Dan, it was a couple of months ago we were talking with a Star Tribune reporter who had traced the guns involved in uh, another, like, series of murders. And it, uh, there was this one guy, this straw purchaser, who w- was sort of acting uh, the role of an idiot. Like, well, I didn't know what was, was going to happen. Somebody paid me 200 bucks, so I went and did it. And you're like, well, these guns you bought killed X number of people. Well, I don't know. If you are a straw purchaser of a gun, to me, you are as responsible for the crime as the criminal was. And you should be charged with murder. This who, the, Whoever did this straw purchase should be charged with murder, I think. Because how else are you going to stop it? How else do you stop the the problem of the legal purchase of a gun who then sells it off and you give me a break if you try to act like you didn't know like yeah you didn't know it was going to be used to kill three people but what do you think it was for or why did you think the person who came to you and said here's 200 bucks go buy a gun for me couldn't just go buy the gun themselves that, I mean, that should be a gigantic red flag. If you're right. doing a straw purchase, you know 
that this person who's you know using you to purchase the gun can't do it themselves, which means they're very likely uh, within some sort of problems with the law. It does go to, and this is not reason for not passing gun law changes, but most of the gun law changes that are proposed do nothing about criminals who are intent on getting guns. And again, I'll say it again, that is not a reason to not do anything. You pass laws against, you know, all sorts of things, knowing that the people who are likely to break those laws are not really going to stop because there's a law. The other aspect of this is the fact that if we ban someone, if the courts ban someone from buying a gun, there's no way to know that they're following that. It's it's pretty much the honor system. Now, you could go, you could send probation officers out but what what let's be real right like what are they supposed to do you can go search a whole house look in the underwear drawer like give me a break so what this was a deal you know and i'll say like the fbi and the atf and all sorts of law enforcement agencies work closely with gun retailers and gun retailers i think are doing their best And they are on the lookout for these kind of purchases. So this gun, according to Jennifer at WCCO, was purchased at a store in Burnsville, Modern Sportsman. And the owner said it came as an online order from out of state. Well, why do we we allow that? So the buyer had to pick up the gun at a dealer to do the paperwork. So that's how you're allowed to do it. So say you, Dan Cook, live Mm -hmm. in Florida. You can buy a gun for the Modern Sportsman in Burnsville. But the Modern Sportsman has to send it to a gun dealer, and then you do the paperwork there. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this case, out-of-state buyer picked up the gun by themselves at the Modern Sportsman. Which they're allowed to do. And, and the owner said the clerk did ask a lot of questions, as they're supposed to do, to try to make sure the gun was for the buyer. Said the person was knowledgeable, answered him. And he picked up the gun on January 5th. And then it gets sold. Uh, it was an AR-15 lower receiver. So they clearly have a records of who this purchaser was. Yep. And the background information on the purchaser would have verified. It's not like the guy can go in and say, my name's Bill Smith. Yep. When it's This not. guy had to do the background check and do the stuff. Right. All the things that are in the law to try to make this work were observed. And it all falls apart when somebody's able to sell it to someone else. So how do we balance? How do we balance this? Where you're allowed, you know, you should be allowed to resell 
you're gone. Right. But how do how do we make this work? I don't know. So if you have an idea, 651-461-9226. But for me, the punishment needs to be more severe. Gross misdemeanor isn't enough. It's not enough to deter you from doing this. So this this is, uh, I mean, it's a major loophole in the system. Now, criminals are going to figure out ways. I think I, I read a story in the Star Tribune today that had, uh, Sunday rather, that had a quote uh, from the chief federal judge for this area. And he said, if I took 100 people convicted of gun crimes and told them, you have one hour to go get me a gun. He said 95 of them would come back with a gun. So it, it, it does make you want to just throw your arms up in the air and say, what are we supposed to do? This straw seller, these straw purchases, it's, uh, it's a major loophole. It really is. Now, you have other forms. Like this, to me, is a little astonishing how, like, how direct it was. Sometimes you have a gun that is sold and then sold again and sold again and sold again. Or a gun that's stolen and sold and sold and sold. This was, I mean, this also goes to like something was happening with this guy where he started doing, you know, was January 5th when he started doing preparation? I don't, we don't know. We don't know about the other guns because uh, investigators said there are other, but it's so frustrating because we can talk all day and you hear the politicians all the time talking about this gun law or that gun law. And none of it matters when you have something like this. See what Jeff has to say in Sock Rapids. He's at 651-461-9226. Jeff, thanks for calling. Hi, Jason. Uh, I've been a gun owner all my life, 71 years old, prior military, cop, etc. So I do know the gun laws pretty well. Mm. Uh, what's wrong here? You asked what to do about it. Yeah. As did Steve Thompson a couple of nights ago. He talked about what do we need for mechanisms? Well, not a lot because the current mechanisms simply aren't being followed. Right. Um, I would, um, you know, you could still transfer firearms privately without background checks and stuff. Right. right. Uh, that should that should stop. Uh, that would help to stop the straw buyers. But then you've got to have a federal mechanism to track that individual firearm when it changes hands. And maybe not everybody's willing to do it. I don't know. People sell cars to each other every day privately and dodge sales tax by lying about the value they paid. True. True. You know. Um, yeah, that's and, an interesting uh, thing to think about. Like, should you, you know, maybe you can, if you want to sell one of your guns, that you should have to sell it to a dealer instead of doing it privately. I don't I, know. I think it should go through a dealer. It should yeah. go through a federally firearms licensed dealer. Um, can I just give one to somebody because I feel like right, it? right? Uh, well, I, you know, yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to. Stop yeah, you that. still can't, the right? Penalties. Because because certainly, right. criminal guy who's banned from having guns yeah. had a bunch of them. Yeah. So you you touched on it uh, correctly. Um, uh, penalties for those who participate in this. Straw buyers, even if I'm just a nice fellow and I decide to give my neighbor a gun for his birthday, uh, that transaction should be, well, if he does something with it, 
the the original purchase is going to come back to me. Mm. And the penalty should be extremely severe. Well, in fact, it should be, as you've said, exactly the same. If he commits murder with it, I should be committed accordingly because I bought it originally and gave it to him without following a proper transfer. Yeah. But we need the transfer mechanism in place to begin with. So that's that's an added one. I think private party sales should go through an FFL. Yeah. Dealer. Jeff, thank you. I like that. I like that idea. 448, back in just a minute here on Drive Time. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.